What do these things have in common? The Buffalo Bills. Wait. The Buffalo Sabres. Wait. I said wait. The New York Knickerbockers and the Cincinnati Reds. Say it. That's right. They don't win very much, and yet they're my favorite teams. And growing up, my daughters would turn to me and go, Daddy, how come the teams you root for don't win very much? And I'm like, leave me alone. I don't know. They just don't. It's not fair. So about, um, about nine years ago now, I started following English soccer, English football. And um, there's teams that, it's, it's hard to explain, but there are like four or five teams that are always near the top. And then there's the other teams that kind of fill out the rest. So I decided that, you know, because I didn't live in England and I could pick the team I wanted to, that I was going to pick one of the teams in the top five. So I watched it for a while and I watched it for a while. And because I like the color blue, which is a good reason, I picked these guys right here. I picked the Chelsea football club from Chelsea um, right there in London and um, they just won the championship this year. Yeah! Let's give it up for Chelsea. Go ahead and put the next slide up there. This is them celebrating. Go ahead. Carol Ann, there we go. Yes, there they are celebrating and and my daughter said to me the classic line. She looked at me, she goes, well dad, at least you have one team that wins. I thought about that and I thought to myself, you know, I do. I've got the one team that wins. You know what? It feels good to win. It feels good to celebrate. This must, what it be like to be a New England Patriots fan, right? You're winning all the stinking time. Now, whether you're a sports fan or not, really doesn't matter because I think we all agree, it's fun to win, right? And it's fun to celebrate when we win. And the cool thing about that is if we look in God's word, which we are going to do uh, today, we are instructed to celebrate. In fact, we are instructed to celebrate a lot. And we're going to talk about why that's important today. So we'll be getting to that in, in just a minute. Go ahead to the next slide, Caroline. But, of course, this being our day of celebration, you know, gives us a good reason to celebrate. But Sometimes, if we're being honest, and maybe some of you here today are feeling this way, you don't feel like you have a whole lot to celebrate. I mean, life is much difficult than Mark Cameron getting lost and having to go all the way around the church. That was different. Did not expect that. Um, whew, let's get focused. All right. Some of you are going through difficult times. And so when we talk about celebrating, you're like, well, what, 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 do, I, what do I have to celebrate? How do I celebrate when life, when life is rough, when life is difficult? So we're going to ask, ask, actually answer those two questions. But first, let's turn to the book of Leviticus. I'm going to put it up on the screen. You can follow along in your Bibles. It's Leviticus chapter 23, verses 1 through 2. And I'll read this here to you. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed festivals, the appointed festivals of the Lord, which which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. So, So I want you to understand this. Here's what's really important. Why do we celebrate? 
Why does celebration, why should it be a part of what's going on in the church? Because celebration is worship. Celebration is worship. It says it right here. Sacred assemblies. These are times of worship. And in fact, uh, the Jewish people had seven national holidays. Five of them were to celebrate. Two of them were to be solemn. So do you see where God is leaning? Right? He's leaning towards celebration. Now, a little further on in Leviticus 23, he gives them an exact um, kind of festival he wants them to celebrate. It's Leviticus 23, verse 34. And it says, The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, On the fifteenth day of the seventh month of the Lord's festival of tabernacles begins. And it lasts for seven days. Now, folks, this is called the Feast of the Tabernacles. And what made this feast special is that it was all-inclusive. It was to include the whole family. It was to include all ages. And in this festival, they were to do really three things. First of all, um, they were to remind themselves of God's nature. They were to remind themselves of all God had done in their lives in that past year. And then they were to really take this as an opportunity to recommit themselves to God. Now, we don't have um, these holidays, these national holidays like the Israelites have, but we do have Christmas, right? We do have Easter, but we also have today. We have today's day of celebration. And we do this on purpose because we want to take some time to stop and to really celebrate what, not only what God is doing in general, but what God is doing through this church here at Oak Ridge. So we're going to bring down the lights and do our best to make this video, um, able to see this video. These are, this is some testimonies that I want you to watch of what God has been doing. So go ahead, let's check this out real quick. He's taught me to be able to let go of things that previously I hadn't been able to let go of. Um, learn to understand that I'm human and I make mistakes and that as long as I ask for forgiveness and I ask for help and guidance, he shows me the ways to, to be able to make things easier to deal with and less stressful. For me, um started reading some scriptures out of the Bible and I don't know I just feel closer to God and he's helped with a lot of things that you know I pray and ask for and just a calming feeling of it. I've been a part of a lot of different things. We do the Joy to the Valley, we take part in the Easter extravaganza, we do trunk retreating with the, the church. Uh, my kids are a part of the grow groups and the youth groups. I attend uh, the marriage group. We, I also do the ladies group uh, through the church. And they just, they've made such a huge difference in our lives and that of our kids. They're, things are just so much easier and, and we're able to handle so much more. Yeah, it takes relieves you of a lot of the stress um, 
just having the groups and the support from everybody. And <clears throat> just you can feel the love. Prior to joining the church here, just over a year ago, almost two years, it we were close to divorce. We were on we edge were with each other. On edge with each other. We were constantly fighting and bickering. It was always pitting against each other and the kids. Yes. Through coming here, joining the groups, attending services, <coughs> getting the kids involved, um, we were able to actually renew our marriage vows in front of God this time and in front of all of the members of the church, our family and friends. It's been amazing. Yes, and the support with that was overwhelming and the mm -hmm. help. Um, he's actually just made me less of an angry person. Usually I'm just really angry all the time and he's actually really helped me with that. I pray to him a lot and I'm like, hey, can you help me not be angry all the time? And he does and it's worked a lot better. I go to him pretty much everything, so he just kind of helps in every day. So it's great. Well, I made a lot of new friends. I didn't really have friends and then Becca Fratangelo brought me here and I've made tons of new friends. I see Kaylee Shumsky once a month, perhaps, and we talk about youth group things, and I come to youth group, and I just made a lot of great new friends, and we do a lot of great things, and I'm just really happy. Like, when I don't have youth group, I just get upset, like, my week is just off. When I know I come here, I'm like, you know what, things are going to be better, and my week goes tons better if I come here on Sunday and just pray and hang out with all my loving Jesus friends, and it's kind of chill, it's fun. You know, um, behind that video was a song by the band ever found, who's um, done a couple of concerts here at our church, and the song is never beyond repair. And that's just a beautiful illustration for, for those, two, those two testimonies. Uh, the first, this, you know, see Bernie and Tracy Nikowski, they've been a part of our small group, and so it has been fun watching God move in their marriage and, and really heal them, bringing them from the brink um, of divorce to where they are now. And then, of course, Becky Eastwood is one of our teens, and just her honesty about turning to God with her anger and just saying, hey God, can you help me not be angry, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be this big theological thing. It's just a simple, simple request. And that's just a little tiny bit of what God is doing here at, at Oak Ridge. So let's go now to the next question. What if you're sitting here today and you're saying to yourself, well, that's great, Pastor Chris, but I really don't have a whole lot of things uh, for me uh, to be thankful for. I don't really feel like celebrating today. Well, many of you know on uh, the last couple weeks I was sick I already shared with you, it was really more just the effects um, of the antibiotic, but one of the difficult things was the fact that, well, obviously I was uh, down for two weeks, but I missed my daughter's uh, graduation, which really kind of uh, ticked me off. And uh, my wife came up to me and she said to me, she goes, well, go, go praise God. And then I said those classic words, right? I said those classic words that you probably shouldn't say, but I said them. I said, for what? Right? for being sick, for having this, this, I won't even get into the details of how gross it was to have this thing lanced out of my chest, to get a staph infection from missing my daughter, for what? And of course, I have the best wife ever, she looks at me like, she didn't have to say words, she's like, really? That's your answer? I'm like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Folks, we can praise God and we can celebrate even during the difficult times, and we're going to see that. We're going to turn to Habakkuk chapter 3. 
verses 17 to 19. I know we don't say that much. Turn to Habakkuk, but we're going to do that. So find that in your Old Testament. The words, again, will be on the screen. But uh, I want to read to you what he wrote. And we're going to get three things out of this that will help us celebrate God even during difficult times. So verse 17 begins with, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Now I want to stop here for a minute. What Habakkuk is basically doing is saying, here's the deal. Even if I'm in financial ruin, right? This is financial ruin. He says in verse 18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. So folks, how do we celebrate when life is difficult? Well, three things that we need to know. Number one, we celebrate because God is sovereign. We celebrate because God is sovereign. What it means is when we say that God is sovereign is that he's in control of everything. Romans chapter 8 verse 28, Paul writes, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Folks, There's never a time, this is important, write this down on some notes if you have to. There's never a time where God goes, whoops. Right? He's up there going, "Uh uh-oh, did not see that one coming. That's not who God is, folks. God is sovereign. God sees everything. God knows everything. God is in control. Now that's hard for some people because they say, well, then if, if God is in control, why does he let bad things happen to good people? Why is there so much suffering in the world? And what we have to do is we have to come to the point where you understand what Paul is saying here. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. God sees everything that's going on and he loves you. And we just have to trust him. It made no sense to me how I got a staph infection. It came out of nowhere. It made no sense to me why this medicine they gave me would give me such a bad reaction and I have to miss my daughter's um, graduation and I'd have to miss church and I'd have to just basically miss a whole bunch of things and I just felt like I was in la-la land and it wasn't a good thing. Does it make sense? But folks, it wasn't anything that surprised God. And we have to draw comfort from that. And it goes actually a step further. This is the second thing uh, that gives us the reason to celebrate, even in difficult times. And then here it is, because we have salvation. Because we have salvation. John 3, 16, you know it well. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Never once during that ordeal did I stop and wonder, huh, if I die from this, I wonder what's going to happen to me. I wonder where I'm going. I wonder where I'm going to end up. Think about all the people in the world today that can't answer that question. There's a lot of them. I won't give you the exact details, but uh, back in the day, a former uh, youth group member of mine went to a very prominent uh, college. That's all I'll say. And she went up to the president of this college and she said, so... Do you know whether or not 
um, you're going to heaven. And the, the president said, well, we can never know. And her response was, yes, you can. And I was so proud of her. Yes, you can. You give your life to Christ. You get salvation. That's a huge, huge deal that we can celebrate every day. And then finally, and here's, here's what I think is the big one. Um, we can celebrate because Jesus wins, right? I mean, Jesus wins. Folks, here's the deal. Satan is not marshalling his troops for one last battle, right? There is no doubt how the story ends. We've got the book. We've got the ending. We see what happens. Jesus comes back. Jesus wins. It is finished. There's no doubt whatsoever, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your struggle is, you never have to stop and go, is this going to end horribly? No. You may have to go through a difficult time for a short period of time, but God is going to bring you through it. And in the end, we win. Right? We win. We get to celebrate. We are part of the winning team. How awesome is that? All right, let's go to our next steps. There are just two very basic next steps. The first one is I, I kind of want to challenge you a little bit. As I mentioned before, you know, the, the, the Jewish nation had seven holidays um, that they got to spend, five of them in celebration, two of them um, kind of um, in mourning. But we have Christmas and we have Easter, but we need more than that. So yeah, we have a day of celebration, and, and, and that's great. But what I want to do is this. I want to challenge you to, to, to do something this summer, whether you do it um, as an individual, whether you do it as a married couple, as a family, whatever. Celebrate. Pick a day and make it a day of celebration where you spend time reminding yourself the nature of who God is, right? Number two, all that God has done in your life And then use that time to really recommit yourself, your marriage, your family, your children to God. Be creative and uh, and make this your own. Now, if you're here today and you're thinking to yourself, you know, Pastor Chris, I I get that whole thing of not feeling like I could really celebrate because my life is not so good right now. There doesn't seem to be a lot of things to celebrate. Well, I want you to remember the videos that you just watched because there was something that, that they both had in common. Both, both Bernie and Tracy and Becca had in common. And uh, Becca, used, Becca used probably like the best wordage I've ever heard. She talked about her loving Jesus friends. And she was very serious about that. That's how she labels her friends who love Jesus, her loving Jesus friends. And did you notice that in both situations, both Bernie and Tracy, their lives have changed through the relationship with Christ as they spent more time with other Christians. Becca's Eastwood's life has changed as she has spent more time with her loving Christian friends. I want to encourage you um, to start doing that. To surround yourself with loving Christian friends. Because I tell you right now, it was so awesome that I had my wife there so that when I was down in the dump, she didn't come along and say, man, that's a bummer. God stinks. Let's go get drunk and forget all of this. I know you would never say that. But 
there are some situations, some people that are, have surrounded themselves with those kinds of people. And when life gets difficult, that's their go-to. And there are other worldly uh, detrimental go-tos. Folks, the go-to has to be, yeah, I know that life is not going so well, but what can you praise God for? Well, we can praise God because he's sovereign. He's in control. We can praise God because we've got salvation. And folks, every day of the week we can praise God because he wins. Right? He wins. We are part of a championship team. We are the championes because we have given our lives to Christ. little Italian for you there. Let's pray.